Will you pray with me? Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears to be able to receive from you. Lord, I pray that you would take these words and use them for your purposes. Amen. I live in a very large vicarage, and I'm not the only one who lives there. So it has been divided into flats, and I live in the top flat, and then there's a vicar in the middle, and then there's another vicar in the basement. It's a little vicarage of, well, a big vicarage of vicars. And when I moved in, because I'm at the top, I can see over into the garden. And when I first moved in, I think it was actually the first day, I was doing some washing up at the sink, and I noticed these two little bodies streaking in front of kind of where my, where my eye was in the garden ahead. The vicar that uh, lived underneath of me, well, at the time, had two little kids. I think they were about two and three at the time. And their absolute favorite thing to do was to run around naked in the garden. And so every once in a while, I'd just be kind of minding my own business at the sink, and I would see a little body flash past. The freedom of abandon was something to see. And the part that just really tickled me was the youngest. He clearly didn't like um, the feel of grass, so he was naked apart from the socks. (laughs) The freedom of abandon was just something to see. Advent is a getting ready season. And I kind of, in my mind's eye, I picture it a little bit like a stripping off. Taking off clothes of tiredness, despondency, apathy, anger, worry, pride. Taking it all off. The reading that we have from Luke, it begins with a grounding of John the Baptist fully in time and place. So it happened when these guys were around and this ruler and, you know, head of the church here. And so it's fully grounded in time and place. And we're completely introduced to who's in charge. And John the Baptist is kind of in that list, but not quite in that list. John is removed from the seat of power, not a part of all of that, but yet somehow in its midst as well. And uh, he is introduced as being in the wilderness, that's where he has come from. And the wilderness, as you will know, is a hugely symbolic hold on the Hebrew people. It was the place of scarcity and isolation, of confusion. And it was also, in that exact same place, the place of refuge and safety and divine provision, where you would go to meet God. And here John is coming out of the wilderness to meet them. 
Here in John, God is coming out to meet. So it says, the word of God um, came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. They were in a threshold place, on the cusp of change. Something new was coming and was in the air. Something new was emerging out. And in Advent, we are invited to take something of that same journey, follow in the same footsteps of sitting on a threshold. And no doubt the experience of being in a threshold place is not too far a stretch of the imagination for you right now as a church. In many ways, it's the echoes of the season that you're in, just on the cusp of change. Something is emerging. And the way that John describes, the way that needs to be prepared, is a leaning towards forgiveness. It's being changed so that you're ready to receive. I can remember when my godsons, they are twins, and they were very little, and they were trying to work out who I was. And so they said, Jess, are you a mummy? And uh, I don't have children, so I said, no, I'm, I'm not a mummy. And you know you kind of can see a pondering and the working out on their face. And they were like, are you a daddy? I was like, no, not a daddy. And you could see the kind of, but wait a minute, this doesn't figure into our worldview. And eventually they're like, but who are you? Where do you fit? I think John is one of those people. So not only is it a threshold place, here we're presented with a threshold person. He's standing between the long line of Old Testament prophets and between Jesus, the promised prophet. And I love that picture, the person who stands in between extending a hand back and also extending a hand forward. A prophet himself, both the fulfillment of the prophet, the Isaiah prophecy that we have, and the proclaimer of prophecy. Prepare the way of the Lord. And the words that are used is this, these words from Isaiah, where um, everything low will be lifted up, and anything high will be brought down. Everything out of kilter, off balance, broken, or jagged will be made smooth, be made good. And it's no mistake that this was happening in Jordan. That's where it all started for them. Jordan, where they first entered the promised land. Moses on one side, Joshua led them over. It's kind of like, uh, let's go back to the beginning. Let's start again. 
the experience was something of, ay, 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 we've got in a bit of a mess. We're in a bit of a mess. And repentance means literally turning around. It's a starting again. It's a starting over. And baptism is a powerful symbol of that. And that was the voice calling out in the wilderness, saying, let's start again. The turning around, the forgiveness, and it was for everybody. The God coming out was a voice calling to everybody. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. The freedom that was on invitation was for everybody. Abandoned delight, like running around naked in the garden, not being held down, not being held back, but pure freedom. But it does mean stripping off. It does mean letting go. And the religious leaders at the time, which if you read this account in, um, for example, in Matthew, they're like, that's not for me. Thank you very much. I'm just fine. Thank you very much. Doing fine. Thank you very much. I do everything right. Thank you very much. See, this is a pathway that no one can do for you. Nothing takes its place, and stripping off is part of it. We all have entitlements that we live in and assumptions that occupy us, privileges that we rely on, pride we need to let go of. We all have disappointments that leave their mark and resentments and anger that holds and jealousies when we look around. That kind of stuff, it ties you down and whispers in your ear that you're small and you're stuck and you have nowhere to go, slowly and quietly eroding your soul. But this is a different voice calling out, saying, not anymore. Take off those clothes. You don't need them. They don't fit you anyway. That's repentance. It's proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Taking off the clothes that hold us down. That is the repentance of sins. So this is a starting point. It's the story of God's liberation of humanity. And what John is saying is, is that starting right here and right now. I'm really fascinated by Luke, the gospel writer. He's the only Gentile writer of a whole bunch of Jewish New Testament writers. So he is an outsider himself and becomes a champion of outsiders. He doesn't want anybody to be left out or missed out. 
And I think Advent is something of that wake-up call, like an early morning alarm going off to wake you up so that no one is left out or missed out. Advent is a threshold time. It's about being honest about the past and seeking change in the present and being both naive and bold enough to hold on to hope and faith that there's a tomorrow of freedom, that love is coming. So we're in a threshold time, that's what Advent is all about. It's a wake-up call to strip off what holds you down so that you know the abandon of freedom. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Amen.